428. We're 28 after four. We welcome into the program Jeff Wilson. And, Jeff, good afternoon, man. We appreciate your time today. Hey, what's going on? Not a whole lot. I was reading your your article this morning, and a couple of coaches got fired, and I just kind of chuckled. Let's uh, let's blame it on the coaches. Well, you know, I, I, I can see why you chuckled. Uh, I, I kind of did, too. But, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the case of the hitting coach, Luis Ortiz, um, he really the, the offense has, has been bad really for for three seasons uh, his, his three seasons not definitely not up to the usual Texas Rangers standards uh, something was missing there and I, and I don't know what it is Louis, Louis is about the nicest guy on the face of the earth incredibly intelligent you know bilingual uh, was able to uh, it seemed it seemed able to communicate with, with all players and Granted, the, the Rangers did not have a ton of talent here the last two years, but uh, the, the players that he did have for those three years didn't really get a lot better. You can make a case that Joey Gallo got better. Uh, Rugnet Odor certainly didn't get better in those two years. Elvis Andrus didn't get better in the two years that, that Louie had him. And then guys this year, I think there was just some, some, I don't know if it was too much information or what, but it seemed like there was just a, there would be games where the offense just couldn't couldn't do anything. It was like they were they were intimidated or, or, or scared or afraid to to put the ball in play. And uh, so I, I think that it, it's not it's not a bad thing to get a new voice there. Uh, bench coach, you know, Chris Woodward today talked about it. He said Don Wakamatsu was a perfect fit for him. Uh, you know, in 2019 when he when he first got the job, uh, you know, first time manager, but. I think things have changed now. I think Woodward kind of has his his footing under him and, and the way he wants to go as a manager. And I don't know that that he he and Walk were, were on the same page uh, in, in terms of that. So, you know, I, I think having a new general manager doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't uh, help guys who are on on the bubble. You know, a new GM wants to put his imprint on things, and I think Chris Young might might have had a little uh, sway in that too. Is Chris Woodward safe under Chris Young? Do you, do you feel like that he's set in stone and he's going to be the Rangers manager moving forward? Well, it, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the Rangers exercised uh, their option on Woodward in spring training. So uh, I believe he that Woodward will enter this season without a contract for, for 2023. So, you know, kind of a, a lame duck situation, if you will. Um you know the, the the one thing that I've I've said all along, and, and what I said I mean I've said it to Chris Woodward's face is I I don't know if he's a good manager because he hasn't been in any situation where for an extended stretch of games he's had to do you know late game managing where he's had to make defensive substitutions where he's had to bring in certain pitchers at certain times or you know sit certain guys for certain matchups in games that are meaningful and and he agrees. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that he's confident that when he gets in that situation, he'll be fine. But we haven't seen it yet. And and so I think he's being judged on on, on how players are responding. You know, are they coming? Are they working every day? Are they, are they the kind of people that the Rangers want? And so on that, I think he, he gets pr- pretty high marks. But to judge him as a manager, I don't, I don't think there's enough evidence to do that. And, and, Jeff, I've said that a million times on this show. I don't know how to judge – uh, Woody, as a skipper, and and you've been around 
Major League Baseball a lot more than we have. I mean, continue talking about how you how do you come to that determination because it's I'm I'm thinking as this thing continues to move forward, could could the process stall because you do have the wrong guy and you just don't know it? Well, I I would, I would say this, you know the. Chris Woodward replaced Jeff Bannister, who won division titles in his first two years, and and they didn't get eliminated from the playoffs until the final week of 2017. They had a real chance going into that last week. I think there were two games back of Seattle of uh, the wild card spot with ten to play, uh, and then they kind of laid an egg. <clears throat> but well, the, the reason that, that Jeff Ban for Jeff Bannister's dismissal was he lost the clubhouse. They they. Didn't the, the players could see through him? They, they thought it was an act, you know. And and he was he would have been a good manager. He was a good manager for the fifteen and sixteen teams because they were they were a little bit older and um, and and they just needed a, a, a nudge. But as the roster got younger and turned over, it was he was a, he he couldn't he couldn't sell everybody uh, on on the right vision. And so I, I think that that's what ultimately uh, cost him his job. Woodward, Woodward you know, is, is lucky, I guess, in that he has a bunch of young guys who are hungry who've never been in the major leagues before and want to stay, so they're going to listen to what he has to say. I, I think that if if the, the, the front office puts together, uh, is, is able to, to somehow lure some big-name free agents to the team, I, I think at that point there will be a measurement, there will be a, a, something quantitative, that, that Chris Woodward has to do from a wins and loss perspective, the team's not going to be good. I, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, I, 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 w- I would be shocked if they were a 500 team next year, but they're, they better not lose, lose 102 games again. Then I think he's in trouble. I, th- I think it's still, you know, you kind of go back to Ron Washington in, in 07, the Rangers believed in him. They weren't very good. 08, uh, again, below 500. Then, then they were, they were close in 09 before, you know, making their, their, their run to two straight world series. So that might be the same, the same program that, that Woodward's on. Uh, if, if the momentum is, is in the right way, if the clubhouse character is in the right way, if they're playing the way that Woodward wants them to win, then I think maybe he gets, he gets an extension at some point in the middle of next year. You know, we hear the noise of, yeah, they're going to go out and look at the free agent marking. We've heard that before though, and they decided not to do it or they lowballed their way through free agency, now that the new stadium is there, is there enough to entice players to come play for a team that just lost 102 games in a season? Well, that's that's actually what I was writing when you guys called. I mean, that that was the the main topic uh, today uh, during during the the year end uh, season in review wrap up. We didn't review; we looked forward and and uh, we you know we flat out asked them the first I don't know probably. Probably four or five questions were about how is this team is this team going to spend money, who are they going to spend it on, and how the heck are you going to convince a free agent to want to come here? I mean, you know, if you if you look at the free agent shortstop market, which is loaded this year, you have you have uh, Carlos Correa who's been in Houston and has won his, his whole career, uh, Marcus Simeon who's been in Oakland and Toronto and was close this year. Uh, I mean, there are a ton of guys. Trevor Story, who is from from Irving, you know, he's from right down the street. He lives in Colleyville. He lives 15 minutes away from the ballpark, which he's played in Colorado his whole career. Does does he want to come and lose? 
Probably not. I don't think any of those guys do. So it's going to have to be a heck of a sell. And the one way, one way to sell is with a lot of extra money. And, and one thing that, that John Daniels said multiple times is that ownership has, has uh, he said it once, he said recommitted, recommitted to, to paying market value for, for top free agents. So that, that's encouraging. He's, 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 when asked what market value means, John Daniels said, you know, in line with, with the size of this media market. So if that's the case, then, then they've got a chance. But you, get, you just you have to see it to believe it. And, you know, when they came up so short on Anthony Rendon a few years ago, I think that was a pretty big blow. And another setback, at least in the fan base's eyes, and, and you know, they can't get the big free agent. They're they're gonna have they're gonna have to go an extra year. They're gonna have to go extra million dollars or whatever it is to to get a guy like that to come here for for what looks to be a losing season in 2022. Jeff, kind of describe to to us what what the structure is. I mean, it almost sounds like Chris Young is just kind of there, and Jeff and and John Daniels is still kind of doing his deal. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, am I am I am I way off base here? Or? Not, uh, yes and no. I, I think that um, the, these front office moves that have happened here in the last month with uh, uh, kind of reshuffling the player development, I think I think that was heavy Chris Young. <clears throat> Some of the guys who got shuffled out or shuffled around uh, were, uh, were, were guys who under John Daniels had been there a while. And, and the farm system is much better this year, but it had languished for three, four years. So, I think I think you can attribute that to to Chris Young. Uh, I think he did a you know he did a lot of the heavy lifting with Jack Leiter in the draft. I I think that that his influence, the way he uh, uh, messed with the family, going to Nashville multiple times and, and and talking to Jack, and then also meeting with with the dad Al. Uh, I, I think that was very 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 played a very, very big role in why the Rangers have Jack Leiter and not some high school shortstop now. So uh, I think there, you, you can see little imprints of it. My, my impression is that on some of this stuff, John Daniels is, is you know, he is at the top of the food chain, but I think he's, he's signing off on things. I think that things get, get brought to him and he, and he gives a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And frankly, I think he's given a lot of thumbs ups. Um, just that's my impression. I, I don't know if that's, that's right or wrong, but, just kind of just kind of looking at it from 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 you know one year of, of Chris Young and 13 years of John Daniels, I can pick out a couple small differences. Do you feel like that they need to build this around position players like you mentioned a few minutes ago, or would it behoove them more to go for some big arms in, in the starting rotation and maybe fill in some some guys into the bullpen and, and try to work it through that angle? Well, it. You know, you kind of look at their at their farm system, and they actually they actually have a chance to have some pretty good starting pitchers. I know that's one thing that is that has bitten them for what they've been they've been in Arlington since 1972, so it's bitten them for 50 years. That's because they 50 yeah, years, I mean, so, you know, give or yeah, take. and and you know, but you know, you look at Josh Young and what he did this, this season. It was he was hurt, but he still. Uh, you know, finished hitting well over 300. He finished the season at AAA with an 18-game hitting streak. I think he hit 21 homers and 300 at-bats. So you, you look at Josh Young and you think, all right, this is a guy. Um, 
uh, you know, Justin Fosview, who, who's the, the 2020 first rounder, he's probably a couple years away at second base. So it, it, it is a kind of a balancing act. You, you know, Cole Wynn, who, who could be in the major leagues next year at some point, the right-handed pitcher, and, and then Leiter right there with him, you, you, you probably need to sign at least one really good starting pitcher. I don't know if like Max Scherzer might be too old and too expensive. Uh, maybe a Kevin Gossman, who's been with San Francisco and seems to have rediscovered things after being a, a really highly touted first-round pick in this group. Maybe that's the way you go, but I, I think when you look at the team's offense the last three, four years, they they just need to upgrade. And I think the changes to the ballpark, you know, in ballparks, it's harder to hit at Globe Life Field. So I think I think that that if, if it's me, you go you go and you get some bats and try to try to score some more runs the Rangers lost a lot of a lot of low scoring games this year and uh you know that that's that wasn't the pitching staff's fault Jeff when you look at the roster at the end of the season uh talk about some of the some of the young ones that you think are are, are players that they can and not say build around but are going to be part of the pieces part of the puzzle if you will uh how many of these of these young guys are are going to be on this this uh, big league roster when we when we open up uh, training camp or, or open up the season in 2022. Well, I think I think in 2022 a lot of them will be around. It's it's after that I'm not sure about. So like, I, I personally I think Leody Tavares, the center fielder, is a long term piece. He's so good mm-hmm. defensively and so fast, and he showed he showed a little more of the bat here uh, the last month than he did the first month. So I I just am a, a big believer in him. But then after that, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. It's tough. I mean, you have you do have Adolis Garcia. You you hope that he's more like the player he was in the first half than the second half. Uh, you know, Nathaniel Lowe at first base. Uh, can you do better? Yes. Can you do better immediately? Probably not. And and it, it was his first full major league season, so maybe there's more there than the 17 or 18 homers he hit. There needs to be at that position. And I, I think a catcher, you know, Jonah Heim or Jose Trevino, one of those guys will. Will end up working in a in a catching uh, tandem with Sam Huff, who's who's a top catching prospect. But uh, I mean, it's it, it's slim pickings, and I think that's the one thing the Rangers learned this year. They don't they don't have a lot of like pieces that that are going to be regulars on a championship team. You know, Andy Abania has had a had a nice little season, but where does he play? Can you you know he hit he hit nine home runs. You know, you, you need to do better than that at the position he plays. So mm-hmm. he could be a utility guy. Isaiah kind of falefa maybe he plays second base. If they sign a shortstop, maybe he comes back into that super utility role. But you look at what he did this season, it was very inconsistent, uh, not enough power, you know, very good defense. But I just think that what the Rangers learned this year is that the cupboard was pretty bare and that they're going to have to sign some pretty big pieces and build around them and, and hope that the prospects hit. Where does Peters fit into this thing? Yeah, he's a pretty intriguing guy, mm-hmm. uh, honestly. You know, you look at what he did. He, I think he got signed on August 3rd or claimed on waivers August 3rd. Hit about a dozen homers for the Rangers, which, which led the team from that point on. Um, swings and misses a ton. He's got to fix that. Very good defensively. So he, he's got he's got some of it figured out. But but it's it's not all there. But the the question on Peters I would ask is if the if the Los Angeles Dodgers weren't sure if he was ever going to hit, why would they put him on waivers? You know, so um, you, you got some questions with him. But there are a lot of tools there too. 
you know, we were just talking about it yesterday. What keeps the fans intrigued as you go through this? This is a tough process that the Rangers are going through right now. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I, I think if you kind of look at, let's say, the last uh, seven or eight years in, in, in baseball, who, who, who have won World Series? Well, uh, the Houston Astros won World Series. The Chicago Cubs won a World Series. The Cleveland Indians went to a World Series. And, you know, Tampa Bay, let's say in the last 15 years, has, has come, on, come on and is, is now a, a regular contender. And what do they all have in common? They were all terrible for a stretch, and they all selected high in the draft and put their teams together. And so and what it, and they ended up either going to World Series or winning World Series. So that's kind of the, the, the system the, that, that the Rangers and the Pirates and the Orioles are currently following. And it, I, I guess you hope that if you're a fan that that, th- that blueprint turns out to work with the Rangers and you know that it is a big market they are talking about spending money so that's encouraging but it, it, it's all got to come together but if you're if you're hopeful if you are a Rangers fan and you want to see good things look at the minor leagues believe in the prospects believe that they're going to be good and we're talking about first round picks we're not talking about guys who are you know 21st rounders who you're hoping come through these are these are guys who are the best in high school or college and uh, they're 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 knocking on the door now, so that, that's kind of exciting. And that's honestly, if you want to build a team, that's the way to do it, so that you have these guys under control. They're they're affordable for a number of years, and, and in that time, you can draft more of them. But also, you use the money you're saving uh, on rotation, let's say, or third base, because you have so many young guys, and you can sprinkle that money into free agency and and, and su- support that that core. Jeff, uh, what are you working on for Substack? I mean, uh, for, uh, for for us Ranger fans, I know you're on Substack. But what are you working on right now? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of news that came out of that, that that press conference today. So we're working on that, and then you know, kind of kind of look ahead. I mean, who who are the Rangers going to sign? Who, like you just asked, is going to be part of the the team uh, from this year going forward? So just. Just a lot of questions, and also, you know, always, always at uh, my little newsletter, always stuff on prospects. So we're going to have a lot of that. Got a podcast going these days too, so uh, a lot of stuff. You know, the off season for me is always busier than the the regular season. So there's going to be a lot of news this year. All right, so we go to Substack.com. Then how do we find you? JeffWilson.Substack.com. That's that's what you type in. Voila. you can uh, sign up for the free newsletter, or you can uh, do what you've done and get a get a paid subscription, so you don't miss any premium content. There you go. Hey Jeff, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Yeah, as always, guys, I appreciate it. See Thanks. you later. That is Jeff Wilson, uh, who uh, wrote for uh, I think the the Forward Star Telegram for a lot of years, and then decided to go out on his own. And man, he's got a, a great thing going. And some of those uh, some of those writers uh, Ward that that you grew up with uh, that were mm-hmm. with the Forward Star Telegram. They're they're doing features for him. Uh, it's really good stuff. Yeah. That-